0: Alright everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast, I'm your host Dan Johnson and today we're going to be talking with Tracy Breen of Huntworth and uh, the topics of conversation that we're going to be discussing today, uh, company history, we're going to talk about their materials, we're going to talk about who their demographic is, we're going to talk about uh, a, a little bit of layering, how they decide what garments to make and one thing that I really find interesting is how they make design changes to their products through the people who use them and so if enough for example uh, the, the example you'll hear is about a zipper enough people think the the zipper is garbage they go out and the next year they got a new zipper on it or you know cust- so customer feedback and the people who use their products are part Of the change process and I think that's awesome because sometimes you can get a company who the designers are like "Hey, man this is the best this is the best of the best and they don't take any customer feedback I don't know if it's ego or or what it is but uh, I like uh, I like the way Huntworth operates and to be completely honest uh, on the nine-finger Chronicles side Uh, I think I'm going to be wearing some of their gear this year in a partnership that we're going to be doing. And so I'm looking forward to testing it out. Uh, I know in previous episodes I've talked about uh, just liking solid colors. It looks like they have some solid colors that I'll be able to take advantage of as well. And uh, I'm really looking forward to testing out their products, putting them to use, working them really hard. In the upcoming seasons, and uh, just I don't know, and I'll, I'll give you guys feedback, unbiased feedback here on the podcast, as well as on the Nine Finger Chronicles side. So, uh, looking forward to that. Now, uh, that's today's episode, and I think we only have. Let me look here. We got one commercial today, and that is Hunt Stand. Okay, and right now I'm just going to talk to about HuntStand real quick. The reason I like HuntStand is because strictly of the functionality of of it and there being so much functionality. Some of the other apps that I've noticed there's not a lot of functionality and so you can't really use it how Everybody's an individual. Everybody likes something a little bit different, and that's what Hunt Stand offers. There's so much fun- functionality that you can truly use it to your needs. Unlike some others out there that that might be a little bit limited, uh, you can't necessarily change certain things about the app. You have to just use it how it's built to be used, and you may not like it, but uh, Hunt or. Uh, Hunt, But uh, HuntStand really does offer a lot of functionality. And so what I always recommend is to just go to their website, huntstand.com, read up on all that functionality, like the the satellite imagery that changes monthly, right? The ability to, um, like uh, a place to hold and organize your trail cam pictures and uh while you're there read up on their pro whitetail platform upgrade that they've uh that they released earlier this year i believe or late last year and uh read about how that is just more functionality for the serious hunter and i think you guys will be surprised so go check out huntstand.com and if you have any questions uh, hit me up and uh tick, tick 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 that's it Let's get into today's Hunting Gear Podcast episode with Tracy Breen of Huntworth. Three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. And today, my guest is Tracy Breen of Huntworth. Tracy, man, how are we doing?
1: Oh, well, we're hanging in there, man. We're hanging in there. How are you today? I'm
0: doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm I'm excited. Because I'm starting to get, I have, I have one cell cam out right now and that cell cam is sending me pictures of velvet bucks and I'm starting to get a little excited, uh, to for, I mean, just a a picture of a velvet buck gets me fired up anyway, but knowing, you know, what's to come is, is the reason I'm, I'm starting to get excited.
1: Where are you located again?
0: I'm located in Eastern Iowa.
1: Okay, she got big bucks then. Yeah, yeah we got big
0: cool. bucks. <laughs> we got some big bucks. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and you got, where are you guys located?
1: Well, Huntworth is actually in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, I live in Michigan. Okay. Um, I'm a marketing consultant and an outdoor rider, and Huntworth is, is one of my clients. So gotcha. I'm in Michigan. We don't have big bucks <laughs> um, like Iowa, but yep. uh, it is what it is.
0: Yep. All right. So. Let's kind of get right into it. Um, sure. Let's talk a little bit about the company history of Huntworth, because this is a company that, in a way, has kind of gone through a rebirth of sorts. Um, when was the company first established?
1: Uh, early 2000s. Early um, 2000s, okay. Yeah, Neil Ash started the company then. Uh, he had a long history of clothing manufacturing, okay, um, particularly in, in gloves. And his first product under the Huntworth brand was uh, was a hunting glove, camouflage hunting glove.
0: Okay, okay. So it starts out as a glove. Um, then how does what's the evolution look like from from just starting out to a pair of gloves? Did they? Because I think I, I remember talking with you about they decided to license some camo from was it Mossy Oak or Realtree. In the beginning, they've done a lot of,
1: just like most companies, they've done a fair amount of licensing of camouflage, both real tree and mossy oak over the years for those gloves. Um, And those gloves were, you know, a big box store play in a lot of different box stores around the country. And then slowly but surely, um, they got into hunting clothing and kind of branched off from there. Gotcha. Um, And one of the things that they've done really well is they have great distribution of their brand, of their clothing. Um, But one of the things they didn't always have was, uh, you know, brand recognition, we'll say. And, you know, it's been a lot of years now, time flies. I don't know how long for sure I've been with them. I want to say five, six, seven years, something like that. Um, But they kind of hired me to help rebrand them, market them in a new direction, kind of go after the hunting crowd a little more uh, than they have been. and, and. that's what we've been doing
0: gotcha so how does the company then evolve from just gloves to like now we we're talking lineups uh, heavyweight gear midweight gear lightweight gear multiple camel patterns what what does that evolution look like
1: well I think many companies go through that evolution and and um... You know, let's just talk about a brand everybody knows, uh, Primo's mm-hmm. calls, right? Or or some a brand like that who is very recognizable. They start out with one call, they get distribution of that one call, and pretty soon they're like, Man, we're in we're in every box store, we're in Bass Pro, we're in Cabela's, we're in Walmart, we're all these places. Let's add another skew. And when you add another skew, obviously you increase your bottom line, you provide another Category to the hunter, the hunter trusts your brand, and you just keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. That's kind of what's happened with Huntworth. You know, they they got into gloves, and then they got into pants and shirts and mm-hmm. outer garments, and and our pro staff and different people who started to really understand the brand said, hey, what about backpacks or what about this or what about your own camo pattern, and and just before you know it, um, because you have that good distribution. Um, you're kind of everywhere and your clothing is everywhere. And that allows you to just keep growing the brand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So why does a company, especially a clothing company, you know, and I, I've seen this in a couple other instances where they, they start off doing the licensing agreements with one of the major brands like or Realtree, but then they, they break away and then they start their own camel pattern why
1: oh man Uh, we could talk for an hour on just that (laughs) but but i'll try to give you the cliff note version um obviously realtree moss yoke are very well-known brands and that's why anyone partners with them is because they're well-known and everybody wants wants to wear their camo patterns but when you're licensing them you're marketing their brands more than you're marketing your own brand right Mm -hmm. and so they're kind of piggybacking off you i have I have wonderful friends at, at both those companies, so I, I'm you know, not throwing them under the bus in any way, shape or form, but you're marketing their camouflage company in, instead of marketing your own brand. And then they're large companies, the wheels turn slow. You wanna license something, there's a lot of hoops you gotta jump through, reports you gotta go through and all those kind of things. Uh, as technology has gotten easier to develop camo patterns, more and more people are doing it and just having your own pattern uh, helps you to be unique and stand out. And, you know, have a. we have some awesome patterns that blend in really, really well in the wilderness, uh, in the outdoors, in the backcountry, in the whitetail woods, everywhere in between. And by developing our own patterns, we can move and shift as fast or as slow as we want to. And we don't have to ask permission from anyone.
0: Gotcha. All right. So you guys have three. Well, if you count the snow camo, it's four, right? I, I would say we have a
1: real. We really have a couple of patterns that we push hard. That's disruption and tarnin. Okay. Uh, you'll see hidden on there. Uh, hidden is our classic sticks and limbs camouflage. But the patterns that you know we really promote and put our brand behind are are tarnin and disruption. Okay. Disruption is digital pattern. Uh, you know a lot of guys like digital patterns. And then tarnin is more of a organic. In a category all of its own, you know, it's not yes. sticks and limbs. It's not just, a, you know, like disruption. It's, I don't know, some people call it more of organic shapes and materials. Other people say, you know, it's kind of in a category all of its own.
0: Yeah. And so what what's the thought process there when you guys are sitting down and going, all right, well, hey, we need to come out. We're going to come out with some uh, camo patterns. Now we need to, now, now we need to create it. What's the, what's the thought process there? What's the conversations look like?
1: How do we blend in? Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess that's the kind of the foundation, right? How, how can we create a pattern that is just awesome that the hunter, li- that appeals to the hunter, right? That's right. a big part of it. A hunter has to look at it and go, yeah, that makes sense to me. And then that hunter has to be able to go out in the woods, regardless if he's 20 feet in a tree chasing whitetails or if he's at 10,000 feet chasing elk. Uh, you know a pattern that blends in in all those areas
0: yeah I got you all right and you know I've had camel companies on before where the the guy who's created the camel pattern and starts talking like yeah there's a lot of scientific research behind this pattern and and we've done a ton of R&D and we've done all this stuff with the camel pattern and the material and here's the outcome was it that complicated coming up with this, or was it more of a, hey, these look cool on a computer, let's put them on clothing, looks good, let's go? I would say it's somewhere in between.
1: Um, back when I was writing full-time, probably uh, some of those people that you had on, I was hobnobbing with, I'd been in hunting camps with. I had talked about how patterns were developed, uh, especially some of the digital patterns. I had the opportunity of you know, interviewing the guys who were behind all those patterns. Certainly, you know, there's some science that goes into the way deer see and all those kind of things. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think we, you know, probably give the critter a little too much credit. Yep. Uh, there's, there's certainly some science that goes into this. And long before it's printed on fabric, it goes through many, many stages of looking at it on a computer screen then looking at it on, on a sheet of paper then looking at it on another type of material to see how it looks on different materials. And then eventually it finds its way onto a garment. Gotcha. It is a long process. It's it's not like hey we're gonna you know develop a camel pattern and thirty days later you're printing off shirts. It's it's not that easy.
0: Right, and anybody can do that, right? Anybody can take a camel pattern and put it on a stock T-shirt or a stock coat of some sort that you could get from China or where wherever, right? Yeah, and absolutely. So, yeah, and so the the question the next question that i have is pro like product development right and how you guys go about saying okay we need this pants in this style we need this jacket or base layer or whatever insert product here and how do how do you guys come up with the SKUs that you offer
1: you know it's kind of interesting i think we're different than most other brands um Neil, the owner of this company, will be the first to admit that he's not a hardcore hunter. Mm-hmm. And most of his staff uh, are not hardcore hunters. So they early on developed a few garments and let's see how it goes. And then over time, we've brought in, you know, podcasts and TV shows and radio hosts and magazine editors and people that we work with. And we actually asked their opinion. Yeah. And I th- I think that's something that makes us different um, most companies, I, I dare say, and I work with a lot of companies that are, you know, unfortunately, many of them are closed minded right? This is how we do things, and we're not going to deviate. I'm a hunter. I know what I want, and I develop it based on my experiences. Huntworth kind of does it entirely different. Uh, most of the people that uh, we have under our marketing umbrella, whether that is a TV show or a podcast such as yourself, you'll use our garments for a while and we'll actually have a meeting with you and say, you know, what did you you think about this coat or this jacket or this backpack? What would you change about it? And I I always tell the people that we work with, that's one of the most amazing things about us is you have a voice within this company. Meaning if you wear a garment and six months in, you go, man, you know, because I saddle hunt a lot, it'd really be nice if this garment had this or that. If it makes sense for us to do that, by golly, the next year you'll see that change in the garment.
0: That's awesome. So it's it's like some people think that their product is the cat's meow, right? I mean, it's the it's the best, the best. They designed it. I like how it's not the the it's not ego driven. It's and what you're doing there is you're allowing for all this. It's smart because you have all this free research and development. That's going on all season long and you're able to collect that through the, you know, through the, t- the communication that you do with all the people who use it. And there's no better way to get a, a 2.0 version of a product or make a product better than talk to the people directly who are using it as hard as, you know, as hard as possible throughout the entire year.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of guys, uh, let's face it, yourself included, we have a lot of guys that we're working with that make their living uh, in the hunting industry, right? They're spending dozens, if not hundreds of, day, hundreds of days in the field, yeah. um, and, and we want their opinion, you know what I mean? Like, hey, uh, we've had some zipper issues, for example, in years past, like, man, this zipper isn't holding up. Well, we change it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Oh, you, you don't like this, there's a problem with that, or this is wearing out, or that's wearing out we change it. And so uh, we've even taken the opinion of people who just send us random emails, you know what I mean? And and if if that email makes sense, you know, they'll send it out to me like, what do you think of this? And, and by being that open book uh, and realizing there's always things you could do to make it better, make the garments better. I think it's allowed us to really up our game as far as having an amazing uh, piece of clothing for the price.
0: Yeah. And now what allows you to do that? What allows you to be really flexible in, you know, a group of people say, hey, we don't like this zipper. And you go, I'm okay, let's change the zipper. Because some companies look at it and go, it's not going to be cost effective. Let's just let them deal with the zipper issue. And, uh, you know, we keep, we'll just keep going. What allows you to be, to, to take those next steps?
1: Well, obviously we don't take every, I mean, you know there's going to be 100 different opinions if right. you ask 100 people. So it, it does have to make sense, obviously, financially, mm-hmm. you know, um, to make a change. It has to make sense from a hunter's perspective and from a manufacturing perspective. So not everything you suggest or I suggest is going to find its way onto the store shelf. But certainly some ideas do when it, when it is a cost-effective, you know, change that can be done. But I would say one of the reasons they could do it is, you know, we deal directly with, our manufacturers who are making it. And probably the the biggest thing is we're all just pretty open-minded people. You know what I mean? About, you know, hey, uh, Dan spent 150 days in the woods wearing these pants. And, you know, he liked this. He thought this was awesome or he didn't like this. Some of them aren't even criticisms, right? Some of them are just, man, I love this garment. Have you ever thought about doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, and now that there's more and more saddle hunting, Uh, That's a conversation that a lot of saddle hunters have brought up to us. Like, you know, man, this garment's awesome, but because I saddle hunt, you know, this is happening. Have you ever thought about doing this or that? But surely that saddle hunting conversation comes up quite a bit.
0: Yeah. How do you guys choose your materials?
1: Uh, Neil really is a master of of materials. You know what I mean? He's been at this. Neil is, uh, you know, I'm not sure his age, late 50s, whatever. He's been in the garment industry his whole adult life. His, his parents were in the garment industry, and so he really understands materials and what's cost-effective versus what's tough, what's going to handle, you know, sheep hunting in Alaska and, and climbing up a tree in Iowa yeah. and everything in between. Um, he really understands those materials inside and out, and is constantly striving to find new materials that, you know, up the game.
0: Yeah. So what makes the decision at that point? And and I want to continue on here with materials because it it seems like there's just a ton of different options in hunting clothing that are out there. Is there a material that is just the best for hunters or is there a style or a cut or a fabric that is that is that hunters just go, hey, this works really well. This is what we're going to make our gear out of.
1: You know, a lot of the materials are pretty similar, um, between brands for sure. And I think a lot of it boils down to is some manufacturers and, and I won't, you know, point any out or whatever, but some of them have exclusive agreements with a textile company overseas, and they're the only hunting industry garment company to be able to use this certain kind of material in their pant, you know, and, and advertise that name. That certainly plays a role in some of this, um, uh, and just like Ford, Chevy, Dodge, all those kind of things, you have a lot of textile companies making very similar materials. I think, you know, what everyone's looking for is a stretchy material that's durable, uh, that dries quickly, you know, and can and can take a beating. And there's a variety of uh, different textile companies that are making those kind of materials.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, so... and
1: lightweight, obviously. I mean, lightweight plays a role. Yeah. Uh, you know. How warm it is, plays a role, it just depends on what the garment is.
0: Yeah. so you know I'm on the the website here and the first question I have is, is every garment available in every camel pattern? No, no. okay. So no. how do you choose what camel pattern to put on what garments?
1: Well, well a, lot of it, a lot of it boils down to, uh, um, and we're kind of, you know, pulling back the curtain here a little bit, but a lot of it boils down to um, certain retailers want certain garments. Maybe a buyer at a certain store wants a certain car- camo pattern on a certain garment. And then it um, comes down to price point in some cases. Some retailers want a certain price point. And then a lot of the garments that you see on the website are only available on the website in those camo patterns. We have an e-commerce business that's, you know, um, growing and there's some garments with certain camo patterns that are only available um, on the website. So, so you know, there's no easy answer to some of these questions. And I think as e-commerce takes off for everyone in this space, there's certain garments that are only available on the website and a lot of that boils down to not wanting to compete with our retailers
0: yeah 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 that's a big issue um and so the next question kind of to take it a step further is how do you guys determine what camel pattern to put on the garment from from a a temperature standpoint what i mean by that is i can go to your website and i can see you have it categorized by heavyweight lightweight and midweight.
1: yeah i I, i'm not sure you know that's not a decision i'm part of to be honest but i can say in all of our conversations i've never had anyone on the design team or neil or karen say you know we're gonna we're gonna put this camel pattern on uh for early season and this one on for late season or anything like that.
0: Gotcha. Okay. All right. And so, um, I look at, I look at some of it and I go, okay, uh, this might have an application in the Midwest and this might have a application in the, you know, a Western state for a potential elk hunt or something like that. Who, who is your demographic? You
1: know, uh, at the end at the end of the day, um, a whitetail hunter is obviously the lion's share of our market. Yep. <clears throat> obviously, we're going west. I mean, there's more and more guys using our stuff. Elk hunting. Uh, Nick Hoffman, the host of Nick's Wild Ride on the Outdoor Channel, he was he would be what I classify as an international hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's hunting ibex, he's hunting sheep, he's hunting moose, he's hunting everything in between. Um, so he's putting it to the test in many, many mountain environments. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, our demographic, our main guy is just an average American deer hunter, mm-hmm. uh, with an average income. You know, uh, there's many brands out there and, and you know, them. you've probably had some of them on the podcast that are, they're really a high end garment, right? A five, $600 coat. That's not who we want to be. We want to be the Ford and Chevy of hunting clothing. Yeah. And we want to provide a quality garment at a reasonable price that if you're an average American, you can walk into a store or look at our website and, and you can feel good about buying that garment. And all joking aside, you don't have to, you know, ask your wife for permission, right? Yeah, I mean, right. let's face it, if you go buy uh, some of the systems from some of these other brands, I mean, you're talking several thousand dollars, Yeah, you know, um, to, to buy everything you need to go on a hunt. We, that's just not us. That's who we don't want to be that company. And so a lot of what drives us is how do we provide a quality garment, um, without breaking the bank, Mm -hmm. both at wholesale and retail, that's on a front of mind in almost every conversation.
0: In your opinion, what's the difference between Huntworth and some of the, what some would say are the elite brands up there Sure. and you know I can I can name names if you want but you, you, you get it
1: yeah I mean you can I mean it doesn't hurt my opinion yeah. you know I mean if you want to call out Sitka or Kuyu or yeah. who, you know whoever yep. um, are those garments you know a little tougher in some situations yes you know we had one pro staffer Average Jack Archery is a youtuber um, he did some testing for us some independent testing for his YouTube channel One of the things he said was we were, you know, 75 to 80 percent of the quality for half the price. Mm -hmm. And I I think that really describes us well. You know what I mean? Like, there's no doubt if you're on a sheep hunt, a doll sheep hunt, you know, in Alaska, some of those garments might hold up better. But then again, you know, we have Nick Hoffman, who's been all over the world with our clothing and, you know, off the record, I'll ask him, you know did this hold up or that hold up? And very rarely does he come back from one of those hunts and say, man, this this garment just got torn to pieces on the side of that mountain.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, so we, we are, in a lot of cases, 50 to 60% of the cost to some of those other garments. Uh, you know, 70%, maybe, you know, some of them are maybe 30 or 40% more in other situations, depends on the garment. Mm-hmm. And they might be a little bit better in certain categories, Some of them go neck and neck. But if you look at the data, right, of how many days the average hunter spends a field, most of those guys are buying those brands just so they can be a cool kid. And whatever, I get it. I mean, I work for some cool kid brands as well. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, some people just want to have the best or want to have that brand that, you know, some people want to drive a Lamborghini. Do they need a Lamborghini? Do they need to go 150 miles an hour? Of course not, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of that, as we all know, from working in this space every day there's there's a lot of that that goes on.
0: Yeah, just stepping outside of hunting for a second. I had a a Ferrari, a picture of a Ferrari in my room growing up my whole life. And it was like a 1990 Ferrari. I think it was called a Le- Lehmans Leemans, or if some French okay. name yeah. for it. And I to this day want that car. I it's it's I don't know. Uh, that's off topic, but I wanna I want a Ferrari someday. Maybe I'll get it. I don't know. Hard to drive that in the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, I did see a picture online of uh, a guy with a dead mule deer on a Lamborghini.
1: Yeah, I, I think that one did float around. I've seen him on Corvettes and yep. you know, different yeah, like yeah, yep. You know, so yeah, it happens.
0: Now, one thing I want to uh, mention about you know like product compare is. You put a product one on one against one of these elite brands, and maybe like one on one, just like a coat versus a coat. But what I've what I've been finding out over the last five to seven years of trying to curate um, what I feel comfortable in uh, in the in the tree stands is really if you layer right and you pick the right garments for you know different scenarios you you don't need you don't need all that other stuff because the chances you're going to be hunting in a blizzard uh, multiple times a year is very rare okay and so what i've found is that you can curate like i could go into huntworth online and i could curate and i could find something that's going to that's going to keep me comfortable in a tree in hot weather Average forty five, you know, forty five degree rut weather, and then also the uh, the extreme cold of you know, let, let's say the in two thousand and uh, I think nineteen was the coldest rut that I've ever hunted. It was like negative twelve for like three days in a row. Okay. So, like curating and f- just matching up the right garments for a person. Is more important than having one badass garment that's gonna, because it because it doesn't it doesn't do everything.
1: It's all about layering, right? Yeah. I mean yeah. that, that's what it goes down to. That's that's nothing new. You know, uh, I do think the pricing on some of these garments and what has really made Huntworth start to stand out is some of these companies that were just out of control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. when I'm doing research, I walk into a retailer and I'm looking on on a store shelf and here's a coat that's you know, $600, $700. It's just like, wow, a pair of bibs. That's five, $600 or a pair of waiters. That's over a thousand dollars. You know, I mean, all these things have just really gotten out of control and, and people just can't, can't afford it. You know what I mean? And so people are starting to go, man, it'd be nice maybe to have that high end brand, but I don't care that much. Yeah. And they start at our stuff and really word of mouth is the greatest marketing. Yeah. You know, we're, you have one guy in a group of buddies and, and he's willing to step out on a limb and buy Huntworth, even though his other buddies have some other brand. And and next thing you know, they're all wearing it and going, yeah, you know, I mean, not, not only is it a lot less expensive, but man, I'm warm, I'm dry. I'm, you know, I mm-hmm. used it for 14 days elk hunting. I, you know, went to Kansas. And what, like you said, in the rut, it was cold and yeah. I stayed warm. And, and so that's one of the reasons we're really starting to stand out is we yeah. can offer that quality. At a lot less price. And, and let's face it, a lot of those bigger brands spend a lot of money on marketing. Mm-hmm. And that has to be paid for somehow.
0: Exactly. 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 Um, okay. So let's kind of go through, I'll, I'll throw a scenario out at you and you tell me maybe what lineup you would go look at, maybe, maybe even a specific garment, uh, a garment, uh, and we can play this uh you know situational game, and I think the- I'll, I'll
1: probably have to get on the website myself because you know there's uh I don't know if you'll be able to see me or not how to how we can do this because um, you know, yeah, there's hundreds of garments, yeah, yeah, and I, and I even wear them all myself, you know uh, yeah. what i what I find um, and and I'm not a guy who needs to own every garment myself but they they just like you were saying earlier they send me some clothing i test it out and i find myself wearing some variation of whatever it is they sent me Mm -hmm. for years you know what i mean and whether i'm elk hunting um or, or turkey hunting or deer hunting i tend to be a guy who wants a lightweight layer and then a and i'll add a couple layers and i never really wear the bulkiest of their garments
0: right right
1: you know um that's, so that's really kind of the way
0: i am as well un, until it gets super cold like yeah. if, if, if it's mean, a it cold really rut, yeah.
1: at, if i look at uh, you know i'm just on their website right now um, looking around just trying to give you some um and, and it depends on you know are you a, a late season guy or you know a mid-season guy what is it what is it you want yeah and I'm looking here, probably my um my one of my favorite garments is uh a Torrington midweight men's soft shell hunting pant, okay, in Tarnan. Um you'll see the, the abrasion resistant knees. Um I, I wear that one quite a bit in, in a variety of um conditions and if you look right to the left of that um you'll see the soft shell, you know. Jacket. I'm I'm wearing something like that a lot. It's quiet, um, and like I said, and then I'll just wear their base layers a lot underneath that. Um, then while we're tartan is what I've been wearing because that's our latest pattern, you know. Um, but something that I like to wear a lot while we're on this same page is the Saskatoon um, vest. You know, everybody loves a vest. I find myself wearing a vest all yeah. the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, you know, you can shed that jacket, but then have the vest on, especially if you're, you know, bow hunting and you need the range of motion and things like that. Um, and then we can talk about heat boost if you want. That's yeah, I do want to our... talk
0: about that. That was my next question.
1: Yeah. You want to just slide into that? Yes. What, have...
0: what is heat boost?
1: So heat boost is uh, kind of where the graphene technology was a coating put on the yarn used in the garments. And independent testing, not our own testing, I mean, we've tested it certainly, but independent testing shows it can be up to 30% warmer without any added bulk, okay? So obviously every bow hunter, in particular gun hunters, it's not as important, but every bow hunter, you know, we want something as lightweight as possible. Well, Heat Boost is that garment. The, the problem with Heat Boost, if, we're, if there's a problem with it, is you better be a late season hunter Uh, if you're wearing that that's not something you're gonna buy heat boost and wear it the first week of October in Iowa and then wear it all the way through you'll sweat your guts out it's so warm that most of the time when I wear it um, I'm not putting it on until I reach my hunting destination it's it's in my backpack you know I'm hiking into the tree stand or the blind or whatever and I don't put it on until I'm sitting down and comfortable because it'll it'll just sweat you right out of it but it but it's awesome you know for that late season hunt and there's there really is you would you can't look at me wearing that and go oh man that's a that's a super warm jacket or you know i don't look like the michelin man wearing it right you know it just looks like a thin outer garment but but it's a this graphene technology is you know put on the yarn and then sewn into the garment and it really what it does is trap your body heat. It makes your body the furnace providing the heat, yeah. and it bounces off that garment, and, and it comes back to the body. And what I often say is the first time they sent it to me, I had an aha moment. A lot of our pro staffers have what I call an aha moment where you slide your hand in a pair of those gloves or put that coat on. With Within a minute, you can feel the heat radiating back to your body.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's important. And I'll... I'll... I'll just second that, man. Like, I like garments like this because once I get, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a guy who cools down, f- not quickly, but gets cold easily. And so, I always have to, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bigger dude, so I sweat on my way to the tree stand, so I'm not wearing hardly anything. And then, or, you know, to my hunting location, uh, as far as whitetails in the Midwest is concerned. And then I get to my tree and either on the bottom or up in it, I'm putting everything, you know, I'll put everything on and probably because I'll be uh, hunting out of a saddle more this year. I will take, you know, I'll have to put my garment on, then put my saddle on and then climb up. And so that's being able to like, I don't know, know that I'm going to be warm. Once I do cool down, it's, uh, that's, that's very important to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you will be able to stay in the stand longer yeah. or in the saddle. I mean, that's just, I have cerebral palsy. Um, you know, I have poor circulation, mm-hmm. and that garment is a game changer. You know, I it's not meant for ice fishing, um, but I have a cottage in northern Michigan, um, and in the winter there, I mean, it's well below zero. And long before this stuff reached production and we were just testing it out, I mean, I took it ice fishing just to see how it would hold up, you know, against the You know minus 10 type of temperatures and things like that and it held up i mean it 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 truly does keep you warm um it's it's not a buzzword it's not marketing it's it's legit
0: yeah and then do you guys have any type of windproofing in your material or in your garments as well
1: yeah yeah a lot of those are windproofing and heat boost provides some of that already but you'll look i mean there's some uh, let me go here for you.
0: That same you know. vest you were talking about, the men's yeah, Saskatoon yeah, vest has that. Yeah, a lot of that
1: stuff has, has windproofing in it. Uh, different garments do. It just depends on the line. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly blocks out, you know, and it'll say it right in the description.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so the one thing that I have issues with, especially hunting here in Iowa in ag country – is, like, things like beggar's lice and cockaburs. Um Is this is this something that your your garments will pick up? Is this just something that you you got to deal some with? Some of
1: them, yeah, I mean, some of them pick them up, you know, more than others, depending on the material. But, yeah, I mean, we have those in Michigan, and, and unfortunately that's, you know, part of it sometimes. Especially, and you probably run into this, you know, we want a soft, quiet material a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And when we're hunting and those soft, quiet materials, sometimes pick up that stuff fairly easily.
0: Yeah. There was one pair of pants um, that I wanted to, it's a solid color.
1: Yeah. Uh, everybody likes those. Yeah.
0: yeah. What are, what's the name of those?
1: Uh, I believe the Dur- Durham. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is the one. I think that's the one you're talking about. Exactly. Talking solid color. Yep.
0: I, I really like those, not only for a Western application, but for early season, um, like that early October uh, time frame yeah. um does that do those pick up the burrs and stuff or do those not, not, not as much solid,
1: yeah. yeah i mean some people use them for upland hunting as well obviously and so uh the, the solid colors have become pretty popular here there last year I mean, they are a newer introduction the durham's i think this is year two of having them around maybe maybe year three but i think it's year two yeah um but yeah they're absolutely a uh, good pant and very popular
0: yeah Absolutely. All right. So someone has been listening to this today and they're like, you know,
1: I probably put him to sleep, now. no, night. no.
0: I mean, this is all, <laughs> this is all great conversation. Um, yeah. Someone is sitting and they're going, Hey, I need to up, like, I need to get new gear for this year, or, uh, I want to upgrade to, to something different. Why should a serious hunter or just a hunter in general consider Huntworth?
1: Uh, that provides the features, provides the quality for the price we have it retailing at. I mean, it's that simple. Um, As I said earlier, you you know, you can go into YouTube and check out some of the reviews. Average Jack Archery and others have done them. Many people independently have tested them, even people we're not associated with. And most people are impressed with the quality for the price. And, you know, I've been into Cabela's or Bass Pro or some of those places, and and you look at a garment, you're like, you know, it's a paper thin shell of a coat and they want two hundred and forty nine dollars for it. And you look at what you get, you know, when you're buying a Huntworth garment and it's just so much more, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and what a lot of people do is they tiptoe in. And I encourage people to do that, you know, yeah. buy a pair of pants and maybe a thin jacket or. A, you know, a couple yeah. shirts, a base layer whatever, and just see what you think of it. A lot of people do that. And it's smart to do that too, if you're on a budget, you know what I mean? Go spend right. a few hundred dollars and, and see how it goes. You know, uh, times are tight right now, right? Inflation's high, gas prices are high. I mean, it's that, and I think that's what's one of the reasons that's made us popular is people are finally looking at their budget and going, man, can I really afford to spend six, $700 on a coat right. or, you know, 500 on a pair of pants?
0: Right, when you can spend that same amount of money on a tag for an out-of-state hunt. Uh, yeah so um well thank you very much i, I really Great appreciate problem. you uh uh taking time uh oh i forgot is there? do you guys have any type of warranty on your apparel on your clothing
1: there is you know I, that's that's an area i'll be honest i i don't even pay much attention to that I, the warranty doesn't get used that much gotcha. um and it's not something i've even marketed that much you know from a marketing standpoint they don't have me like i out pushing the warranty. I'm sure we right. can find it here if we you know want to take a second. I'm, I'm sure that the warranty is on here. Um.
0: I don't know if you want to or not, I nah, guess. don't worry about it. I mean, they—they they yeah. ha- they ha- you have a warranty if you want to go find out yeah. about it. Yeah,
1: I mean, everybody's got a warranty. It yeah. makes everybody feel warm and fuzzy. But its it, And, you know, we do have people send stuff back from time to time, unused or whatever. It wasn't what I thought. We have a, you
0: know. One great- year limited oh. warranty. There it is. Just got yeah. it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect all right well tracy man i really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, hop on and and educate us about huntworth and and uh, the mission and whatnot if people want to find out more information about huntworth where should we send them
1: huntworthgear.com you know or or you know um, i challenge everyone to just type in huntworth reviews or those kind of things into youtube you'll find a lot of information there as well there's a lot of youtubers now that are are wearing our garments whether it's Hardcore turkey hunters, deer hunters, you know, coyote hunters, everybody in between.
0: Yeah, I know some guys that really love it. So, thanks man, hey, have a good rest of your day.
1: Yeah, you too, take care.